Do you know a cancer survivor? I know several, but none with the story that Diane Matusik can tell. Three cancer surgeries with chemotherapy and radiation treatments have taken their toll. She's considered cancer-free, but the after-effects have been beyond belief. Diane had nine reconstruction surgeries following her radical double mastectomy because of infections and surgical errors. Extensive dental work, a right shoulder replacement, four replacements of her left shoulder. That's right. The first three replacements failed. A total knee replacement, and she plans to replace the other knee when she recovers from the first one. Her rheumatologist believes the powerful chemotherapy drugs she received is to blame for damaging her teeth, her soft tissues, and the cartilage in her joints. What is remarkable about Diane is not the number of surgeries, pain, and rehabilitation she has endured. It's the positive outlook and zest for life that fills her days. I'm glad you've joined us today as we talk about Diane's cancer journey on the Doorways Ministry Network podcast. I'm Rick Shields, your host and the director of the Doorways Ministry Network. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Diane Matusik, who is currently in Mindoro, Wisconsin, recovering from knee replacement surgery. She'd rather be home in Buckeye, Arizona, where she could be outdoors and doing some water therapy in her backyard pool, but insurance hassles have her in southwestern Wisconsin, at least for the next few days. So, Diane, thank you for chatting with me today. When we arranged this time, you said this would be a great distraction from the pain you're experiencing from surgery. You're just now finishing some physical therapy that was no fun. I'm so glad I could help you, even if it's just a little bit. How how are you doing? Well, physical therapy, after, it was my first physical therapy after knee replacement. And I've had a lot of people warn me it's not fun. And they weren't lying. It's it hurts and they expect a lot out of you. And I found through the pain clinic and a, and a lot of other things that distraction is the best thing for pain. And so for me, being able to visit with a friend and being able to talk about something besides knees is a good distraction. And, yeah, um, you bet. <laughs> so, well, so it's, I, I was, I'm really happy it worked out to be at this time. Good. Otherwise, I, wanna... I, might be, I, I might be. I might be complaining. Oh, this was horrible. But I don't have time to say that because that's right. I'm gonna we got to think this you. through. Yeah. Well, I wanted to talk to you today, Diane, about your health journey. Actually, I suppose some could call it a nightmare, but it sounds better for this podcast that we call it a journey. You're a cancer sure. survivor, and I'm confident yes. that anyone who hears those words is pretty happy for you. But many cancer survivors continue to pay a big price even after they ring the bell following what's called a successful treatment. So let's start somewhere near the beginning. When did your journey with cancer begin? How long ago was it? What were some of the circumstances? I had to have a bunch of back surgeries. I was 32 and I had a really bad situation with my back and I'd had surgery after surgery. And in between those back surgeries, I got uh, kicked by, in, in my job, I got kicked and had to go in and have a checkup because you can't go back to your work unless you, it was in law enforcement and you can't go back to work unless you're cleared. 
And I got kicked in the collarbone, and then the doctors just kept bringing in more doctors and more doctors, and they didn't let me go home. And I found out that I had, like, a mass there on my chest right below my collarbone. So that was, like, not something I was expecting. And they said, well, we're going to schedule, you know, uh, we're going to schedule a biopsy, and we need to move forward with this. And I was just like, I can still remember their face. I can still remember the earrings that the doctor was wearing when she said to me, you know, we're pretty sure this is cancer. And I, I just didn't, I, I was like, what are you talking about? I need to get back to work and I need to take care of my son. And, you know, what are you talking about? I don't have cancer. That's crazy. I'm 32 and I'm in good shape. And, but that wasn't the case. This was not just a lumpectomy then. Well, I went and got the biopsy and then they gave me the choice, you know, having a lumpectomy or having a complete mastectomy. And I chose to just have the lumpectomy. I just decided I wasn't, you know, I was kind of in denial and I wasn't ready for, you know, for a mastectomy at that, at that age. And I guess in the long run, I should have just went with the mastectomy, but at that time I, I thought I was still invincible, maybe. I don't know. Did the doctors give you reason to believe that it may be helpful long-term, or what'd they say? Well, another thing they wanted to do is they wanted to do genetic testing. And I didn't want to do genetic testing because I was very leery about insurance companies finding out that you are positive for the the gene. And so I didn't want to do that. So I just, I just said, no, I'm not going to do the genetic testing. I'm not going to find out. I just want a lumpectomy. Let's get this cancer out and let's move on. Well, Hmm. then I did that. And then it wasn't very much longer after that, that I did the genetic testing, found out I carried it. And then, then things went downhill from there. So then I ended up having to have the mastectomy. Did you do a radical mastectomy, double mastectomy or single? Double, radical, everything, took everything, and lymph nodes, and it was quite the, oh, it was, you know. You're still a young woman. Yeah, I'm 32, and I'm thinking, you know, and I I remember thinking, like, I'll never wear a swimsuit again. I'll never do any, but I knew that I wanted to do reconstruction. I just, you know, there's a lot of pain. They tried to do a lot of skin grafting. I ended up having nine reconstruction surgeries because I ended up getting, yeah, I ended up getting uh, a pseudomonas infection in, in some of the tissue that they had transferred up there. I got a pseudomonas, so they had to cut that all off and start over. One of the times that they put like the spacers in to help grow space to put the implants in, the doctor actually poked a hole in the spacer and I had to have that all taken out. I mean, it was nine times and I, I, I'll tell you, it was, they finally ended up taking my back, a big strip from my back and tucking it under my armpit and sewing it onto my front. And that was healthy enough skin mm. to be able to carry on with the rest of the, you know, developing of the mess, you know, putting the implants in. 
And at this point, and you're also, so, by the way, I should point out a newlywed. I mean, you got married a second yeah, time. To- yeah, I got married and yeah, we went on our <laughs> honeymoon in January and I had a mastectomy in February. So crazy. Uh, it was, yeah, it was hard on, I mean, but I have a very, very wonderful partner and husband and, and he was fabulous, but it was, it wore on everybody that it just couldn't seem to get it right. And we'd have surgery and they couldn't get it right. And we'd have more surgery and they couldn't get it right. And I was about done. Um, I think Uh. maybe that ninth time I said, you know, if they don't get it this time, we're just going to go without. Well, let me ask you this. You're you're the single mother of a teenage son at this time. You're, you're a newlywed Mm -hmm. to a guy who has two young children and you're a woman whose cancer has returned. So what kind of thoughts are going through your brain with all this? Well, I think in the beginning when I was, uh, I think I thought I was invincible and I could take it on myself, but by then I was, and, and I, I was making deals. I was trying to make deals with God. Please God, let me see my son graduate from high school. Please God, let me. But I think, you know, after the ninth surgery or whatever, I just said, and I kind of use this term, you know, Jesus, you gotta, you've got a plan here. I know you do. And I just have to go with the plan. And then I kind of just went with the plan and it finally was a successful surgery and we finally were able to move forward. Yeah. So let's talk about that more in a minute. First, let me take just a moment here, Diane, to remind our listeners that we appreciate your feedback. Let me know if we're providing the kind of content that's helpful for you. If you would, drop me an email at info at doorways.cc. And if you have an idea for a guest or for a topic, let me know and we'll work at incorporating that topic or that guest into our podcast schedule. You're listening to the Doorways Ministry Network podcast. My name is Rick Shields, and I'm joined on this episode with my friend, Diane Matusik. Diane is a cancer survivor with a story of healing and hope, but not one that is pain-free or filled with puppy dogs and cotton candy. Diane, you had a third cancer surgery. That doesn't include all these other nine reconstructions. You had a third cancer surgery. What was that about? Yeah, well, I, I had to get the uh, had to have a hysterectomy. Um, my uterus at this point had like solidified, and it was. I had to get all of that done. So that was. I mean, that was just kind of like reassuring to me that there really wasn't anything anywhere else that I could get cancer, you know, if I got all of these parts out because my cancer was estrogen seeking and I cannot take hormones or anything like that. So I had to get all these parts out. And then it was kind of a reassurance to me that maybe there wouldn't be anywhere else for the cancer to go. Well, since your third cancer surgery, you've also had Four shoulder replacements. Same shoulder, right? Uh, no, I had one good one on my right arm and three bad ones on my four. Oh, my goodness. Four bad ones. Four on my left one. Yeah, and then one good one. So now I have two replaced, full replaced shoulders. So, And, and, and you said one of your knees replaced. Uh, how is this? Is it somehow all related to this cancer diagnosis? I think it is because, and I think that my rheumatoid doctor and and a lot of my doctors would say that chemo 
back when I was 32, and then keep in mind I'm 60 now, they didn't just, they couldn't like specify, okay, we're going to put this chemo on this specific spot for this specific thing. They just threw everything but the kitchen sink at you. I mean, they made you as close to dead as they could. And then, you know, it would be every three weeks. So like for the first week, you'd be terrible. Then you'd start to come back a little bit. Then they'd throw it at you again. And then I had all the radiation, but it was hard on everything. It, it, it took a toll. I had to have so much dental work done afterwards because it would, it softens your bones. It softens your teeth. I mean, my hair all fell out, obviously, which was the least of my worries, but it, it took a toll on your joints your bones, like my teeth actually became like translucent, like you could almost see through them. And I, and that's kind of how they described my first shoulder replacement. They said that my bones were like, like there was nothing there. They were just like powder. Well, I've watched you over the years, Diane, and I have always been so amazed at your attitude and all of this crazy health stuff. I mean, you're an active person. You're a genuinely happy and fun person to be around. How do you do that? You have to, and I started this with Nick, my son, when it first happened, I knew that we had to find ways to have a sense of humor about it. And you have to find a sense of humor. It helps pain. It helps everything. We did a lot of funny, crazy things. He played hockey and his, back then the hockey teams would always like shave their number and the side of their head or shave their Oh, funny hairdos off, you know, they um, had longer hair in the back and they'd shave it off. So I would, like, I conspired with him and I told him, let's play a game. Let's tell your hockey team if they make it to the state tournament that your mom will shave her head. And so I'd been wearing wigs and hats and scarves. And so I told the kids they were one game away from the state playoffs. And I said, all right, guys, if you guys win this game, I will shave my head just like everybody else on the team was doing different things with their hair. And they, they couldn't believe it. They were just like, no way. And so when I walked in that locker room and Nick was in on it and he walked in behind me and he pulled my hat off and I was as bald as the kid on the bench. I mean, we just had this inside secret comedy thing going on. And and that's how you have to do it with kids. You have to let them think, well, mom's mom's laughing and making jokes and it's, it's going to be okay. You know? And, and that's how I, that's how I got through it. We did a lot of things like that. Like we would drive down the interstate and he would sit behind me and pull my wig off while we're driving down the road and people would see, you know, and honk the horn and people would see my hair go off. And yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. We tried to have a lot of fun. At with least, it. at least he didn't throw the hair out the window. That was nice. Right. Right. No, no, those, those wigs are expensive. You don't want to do that. They but, are. Um, yeah. Well, Diana, I know that <laughs> no. you and your husband, John, I like to call him Sparky, are followers yeah, of Jesus. Sparky. So, so what, what yeah. role has your relationship with Jesus played in this journey? I mean, I think it's played an extremely important role because, you know, it's very rare. I mean, I know there are people out there with tons of medical thing, you know, medical problems and, but it's rare to have as many surgeries as I've had. And it's rare to have as many different conditions go on as, as I've had. And John's had his issues too. 
And I don't know how we could do it without uh, Christ in our life. I don't know how, I mean, because we might both be devastated about a diagnosis and we have to have someone, you know, we have to have God to lean on and it just wouldn't work any other way. I, I don't know how it would work any other way. But as we draw our time to a close, I wonder if you have any special words of encouragement you'd like to share with listeners as it relates to maybe receiving a cancer diagnosis or even going through treatment, what have, what have you learned that you would like to share with others? What I would share is that I didn't do support groups and that is an individual person's decision, but I didn't, I, I tried a support group and it seemed very sad and depressing to me. I did, I did a couple talks at a couple Bible studies about how this wasn't going to be the end of me and that I needed their prayer and that I was willing to talk about, you know, very uh, questions that they threw at me, but I didn't want to get involved in that woe is me type of support group where we're all in this together and we're all going to sit here and, and feel bad. So I just, I would just tell anyone that gets a cancer diagnosis that they have to do what's best for them, but to try to stay on the upper side of my glasses half empty. I would try to stay on the upper side of this is the end of the world. This is, you know, it isn't going to be the end of the world. You can make, you can make some really good choices about finding joy every day and putting humor in your life. And I would just encourage people to do that. And I still am willing to talk and and have taken calls from lots of people who get this diagnosis at a very young age and how did you do it and what did you do about it? And, and I'm still willing to do that at any time. So you can certainly share my number anytime. So yeah, if somebody calls me, I'll, uh, I'll do that. I'll, I'll let them know that you're available to talk to them. Diane, you are remarkable. Thank you oh, for thanks, sharing. Rick. Thank you so much. I mean, this is, this is amazing. And I, I can't help but believe this is going to help someone who is struggling with a diagnosis of cancer and that they're going to find some help in this. I, I believe that I really do. Thank you. Well, that's good. I hope so. I thank you. And it, I look forward to talking to you again soon and maybe not right after therapy for my knee. Next time, let's do something better. I, I, I promise. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks again for listening. I hope you found this podcast to be helpful. Please feel free to share it with others you think may benefit from it. Would you like someone to pray for you? I'll pray for you. And if you'd like, I'll share your note with others who will pray and believe for God to work on your behalf. Drop me a note at info at doorways.cc. Until next time, may you sense God's presence, the love of Jesus, and the grace of the Holy Spirit in your heart, your home, and in your spheres of relationship in the days ahead. God bless you.